You're listening to the Over a Drink podcast, the podcast dedicated to normalizing normal men talking about normal things, sharing testimonies and putting purpose to pain. My name is Mitch Parsons, and I am your host. The Over a Drink podcast. Hey, um, welcome wherever you're listening. Hopefully you're watching on YouTube because I'm going to train you. I'm going to train you to go watch me on YouTube because it's a new thing. And and I think that you'll like it. You get to see my pretty friends. Um, the Over a Drink podcast. It's a podcast that we're creating a space for. I kind of landed on this new thing. I still always say normalizing normal men talking about normal things. That's, that'll be it forever. I love it. But I really also like creating a space for real people to talk about real life having real conversations about real things that happen to them and or the real things that happen to them and the things that they're experiencing. And so today I have a really cool guest on, uh, the connection is really cool. He's really cool. Um, but (laughs) humble, don't do that. Um, let me talk good about you. Um, my friend Josh, uh, Josh, I've started a new thing. I'm asking the men who come on to refer me to another person in their life that they believe would be open and behind the mission of what this podcast is looking to accomplish. And Josh was Andy's suggestion. Um, little did Andy know, he actually probably did know. I know Josh and I've known Josh from the same connection that I knew Andy and Josh was on staff at a church that my wife and her team took a tour to. Um, And I got to meet him because I like the behind the scenes people because they make things go. Um, So Josh is a technical genius in terms of lights and sound and production. And um, he worked at a church for a long time. Um, I'm not going to talk too much about that. I'll let him talk to you about his story, but, um, he is, he's just a good guy. I, I was drawn to him. Um, I don't know. He just got a smile that I like, so I'm going to make you feel weird. (laughs) Um, so dude, Hey, I appreciate you coming on Josh. Um, you've got, Oh gosh. The elevator is actually broken. So you and I are going to walk up five flights of stairs. Yeah, five flights. Um, but we're going to do it slowly and we're just going to chat. Um, you're going to do the talking. You're going to tell me about yourself um, in five flights of stairs. Ready? Go. Cool. Do you want me to huff and puff like I would going upstairs too? Um, for a dramatic effect, we could. Yeah. Okay, that. Cool. <laughs> cool. What's up? I'm Josh. Um, yeah, happy to be here. I just wanted to say, I have a lot of love and adoration for you, uh, Mitch. I think it's so impressive. The more I've listened to your show, but also hearing from Andy, the impact that you have on people in just one meeting is pretty impressive. Oh, dude. <laughs> it's it's something I'm a little jealous of. But oh, thank um, you. just seeing like how much people come to love you, it just shows your heart for connecting with people and yeah, it's a good thing, man. So thank you. I appreciate sure. that. Your word your words are like honey. I appreciate it. Stop it. <laughs> um, so I'm Josh. Um, 
let's see, I'm 26 years old. Okay. I am uh, married to Jocelyn. She's awesome. She's the best. We have a beautiful son named Joe Ash, going with all J's. And we have a dog named Juniper, so sticking with the J's. <laughs> um, yeah, man. I grew up in Washington State, and I've been kind of a musician all my life. Studied music all the way through high school and into college. Um, in college, I studied music ministry and just love music, being creative, and the Lord. And so, yeah, um, outside those things, I really love being outside. I'm a super big introvert. And so getting that seclusion time on my own, just kind of experiencing what the Lord has created is probably one of my favorite things. On you like earth. to hike so, or you fish? You hunt? Um, I love fishing and hunting and right. then also just being outside. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so you went to, I'm going to fill in from backstory. You went to GCU in Arizona. How long have you been yep. married for? You and Jocelyn? Lopes up. Uh, we've been married for three years now. Three years, and you've got a how old year old son? He is a year and a half. So y'all didn't waste any time. It was so unexpected. <laughs> <laughs> Such a surprise. You didn't even surprise. need to practice. You were just already that good. You just yeah. went straight for it. Yeah, I know. It, it just happened. <laughs> the Lord willed it, man. I don't know. That's amazing. Um, what instrument do you play? Uh, I'm mainly a drummer, but okay. I'm musician, so I like to play guitar and piano as well. Okay. Well, well, I do uh, the um, kazoo, and I <laughs> yeah, I have a kazoo. Uh, I actually submitted a Red Rocks Worship kazoo version of Echo Holy. I was not called back. Um, Interesting. Which is a real bummer because one of my best friends is the one who makes that decision, so screw him. Corey, if you're listening, screw you. Um, <laughs> um, I'm just kidding. Uh, dude, uh, percussion is one of those things that you have to have a different brain than everybody else because you have to do one thing with this hand and another with this. And my whole life, I mean, I played football and basketball and everything is mo- when one hand goes, the other hand, like, it's like you put both hands, like, so I can't undo that. I'm, I'm stuck with like, I try to do this and then this one, it, like, I li- look at, I literally can't do like yep. different, <laughs> like, um, and so you're a different animal. Um, but man, I appreciate you coming on. I think that yeah. I'm really excited. Um, you have a couple of... You know, it's funny is I come into these things where I'm like, okay, I know enough about you or I have an idea of maybe where we could go. But then the Holy Spirit's like, psych, and we're going to talk about this for the whole time. And I'm like, sick. Um, I said this last week, but I'm going to say it again. I literally had someone come on and be like, you talked about a peanut butter jelly sandwich. And (laughs) I related to that. And I was like, yes, yes. Like big win. Because the whole time I'm like, why are we talking? It's an ordained sandwich. That is literally the most, (laughs) it's like honey roasted peanut butter and like hand pressed Mm. by the hands of God jam or the feet of God where he like made wine, um, stomping around. Um, that might not even be biblical. Look at me go. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, but Josh, I want to jump in. Uh, I want to go, uh, where you want to take us. And so we prayed before this that the Holy Spirit would lead us. And um, 
this this podcast is for one person. Um, we don't know who that is. It might be you and it might be me, but it's the Holy Spirit who's who's conducting the train. And so, um, choo-choo, here we go. Yeah, man. Um, there's so many ways we could go. Um, let's talk about, let's, let's start here. Um, yeah. do, do you want me to, to T-ball you a, set, a little bit? Sure. Okay. You moved across the country with your family I to did. start a new job yeah. and you had a one-year-old. Yep. How was that on your marriage? That was the best thing that could have ever happened for my marriage. Um, I, when we got married, we had the super strict, it's probably the best rule we still have is that we don't use the D word in marriage, which is divorce. Um, mm. it's, we're married, we're unified in Christ and we're in it for a lifetime. Yeah. Um, and where we were before moving up here, it was not beneficial in any way to our marriage. And, um, there was a chase for, I don't know. It just was like a financial gain that we were chasing and we didn't realize it until getting away from everything we were surrounded by, realizing all of the craziness that we were surrounded by and how much it was impacting our marriage and moving up to somewhere we could just kind of take a step back and be like, Oh, we're married. Like, yeah, <laughs> um, we get we to enjoy just, each other instead of be, being business partners. Exactly. Yeah. Um, we describe it a lot as like almost the first two years of our marriage didn't count, which sells it short because they did count and we learned a lot. But um, moving up here, we we're two years into our marriage and we just got a fresh start and um, got to learn each other on a new level, which is wild to think. I thought we knew each other so well, you know, we'd known each other yeah. for so long, but uh, how long have you guys so known each other already? We've been together for about six years at that point. So wow. about seven now, I think. Wow. I'm probably the worst with time. So uh, my wife will probably text me and let me know if I said that right or wrong. But we'll yeah, see. she's like, hey, babe, it's been six years, three days, and 42 minutes, and I'm pissed. Exactly. No, I'm yeah. just kidding. Exactly. I'm that one. In our marriage, I'm, people were like, so how long, are you, how long have you guys been dating? I'm like, in hours or minutes? Because um, I... I'm just, I'm weird. Um, but okay. So what was something, what was something you said that your, your marriage was so affected positively? Um, what was one thing that you noticed in terms of like, what was, what was one thing that you learned in that? So like, what was one, so like, what was a lesson that you learned in it? Because, um, obviously moving in itself could just have completely, change the game and it sounds like it did but there had to have been some other things that you guys implemented in this time to to really grow and to foster and like put to put a uh, jet fuel on this on the, the health sure. that was coming yeah so um at that time i was working with the church obviously and as you said uh, i'm an avl technician and so i was also like digging on the side and that came kind of out of a fear when we found out we were pregnant of like, how are we going to make this work? Like we have financial goals to hit. Um, we're not going to be able to do that with a child also eating, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. uh, I picked up some side gigs and was, I mean, I felt like blessed at that time to pick up a really regular gig, 
Um, but it was working in just the worst environments you could be working in. And so, um, I would work, uh, with the church and do, uh, awesome things with the church and be creative there. And then I'd get home, I'd spend you know, maybe an hour, two hours with my family. And then I'd go back and work, uh, until about 2am in the morning at, uh, clubs and venues and, man like you don't realize how much time you have with your family until you kind of get it back you know yeah <laughs> and yeah. i did not realize how much i missed out on not even my family like let alone the child right i just missed out on being with my wife and mm. loving my wife i missed out on pastoring my wife and leading my wife and wow. our marriage was feeling the weight of that really heavily so um when we moved up here, um, I took on a position with a company that's awesome. We're, we're based around helping churches with their AVL needs. So it's kind of like right in my wheelhouse. We get to do yeah. church work and also really cool nerdy tech stuff. <laughs> um, and uh, that just allows me to have, you know, just one position for now. My wife does some contract work, but we get ample amounts of time to just work on us right now. And wow. so we noticed the difference in the first probably a couple weeks up here of like, we were just sitting around like, well, now what, like, what do we do now? You know, um, you want to make another baby? And, yeah. I know, right? <laughs> it was tempting. I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's been crazy being able to, for, for the first time in our marriage of three years, being able to lead and pastor my wife and diving into doing it really well, as opposed to just mm. making life happen, you know? Um, mm making sure my household is set up so that we can go out and minister to others as opposed to being the ones that need to soak up ministry time and, you know, take up all that good stuff. So, yeah. Well, I want to say that there are, I hate Christianese, but I'm going to do it. There are seasons. Do it. There are seasons sure. that you are the recipient of mm. your, you're receiving the dividends of the investments that you've invested that you've yeah. that you've contributed and and there are seasons where you invest a lot and and you spent a long time investing in a place and so it's only like I have a friend who his his name's Mark Ray and we talked about this and his son um has um epilepsy but like infantile spasms like the worst case mm. of it and right now he struggles so hard as a dad, as a man to receive help because I can do it myself. Like, I don't want to have, I don't want to be a burden to somebody. And I was like, dude, like you got to be able to receive it. Cause you forever have been that for people. And like, that's, that is what church is for. And so like, it's cool that you recognize that like, Hey, I'm in a season right now where I, I have the capacity to go out and be the hands and feet because sometimes I'm going to get kicked in the nuts and I'm not going to be able to walk. I'm not going to be able to be the hands and feet because I'm going to be sitting there. Um, but I admire you so much for your perspective and the realization. I'm thankful that the Lord gave it to you, um, that revelation, because so often we live in a world right now where it's hustle, 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 grind, grind, grind till you die. Chase the money, chase the money, chase the money. Um, 
And I think that we very often forget the importance of family and where it should actually be on the pedestal of or the totem pole of life. Um, I love that you you don't sacrifice your family for your job and that you move that you took the here's the thing so often i think people recognize something of unhealth and they don't do anything to change it they're too afraid Mm. to they're too afraid to move out of the norm and the comfort of where they are um even if it's not comfortable (laughs) um because moving is scary and you're like no my marriage and my family is more important here we go across to chicago you're in chicago um Chai town. You know what's crazy? Chicago is uh, known for their pizza. Their Greek food's better. The Greek food in 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 Chicago. I mean, Chicago. You can only eat so much pizza. So like, That's I travel. True. I travel out there, and I'm like, okay, I got the pizza once. Mm-hmm. I like the Greek. I like the Greek food more. Um, I feel like there's more Greek places too. There's like a whole little Greece, like a whole little. Yeah. Um, they, have, they have little Italy. They have Chicago's sweet. Um, but how have you? Um, what what has been the favorite thing that Joe Ash has done that you've been able to be a part of in the last six months? Um, he's dude, he's learning to talk so much right now. It <laughs> is crazy. Like seeing a little human being, he looks like a carbon copy of me. So yeah. I feel lucky because he's adorable as heck. <laughs> um, and he looks like me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so like seeing a little human that looks like you, like, I don't know, just watching him express his, his passion and how he's excited for things. He gets stoked. He doesn't know how to handle it. So he just like starts clapping and like, yeah, you know, and, he's how many um, months he's, Oh, he's a year and a half right now. So 18. Um, was he yep. the same age as my daughter when I was out there? When's mm-hmm. his birthday? October 10th. Okay. So she's November 4th. Yeah. So he's 18 yeah. months. Dude, they're in such a fun stage right now. Yeah. It's so good, man. Um, but yeah, I, Right now, he's he's just learning to say I love you and oh. being able to like FaceTime family and like, all right, say I love you. And he's like, I love you. you know, I love oh. you. dude, <laughs> I would. Yeah, that's so good. It melts you. It melt yeah. like my daughter. She's big into like identifying that she knows who people are. So she'll look at you and go say, Dada. Her name's Benny. <laughs> she'll she know and so she'll say Dada, and then she'll point at herself and say Nenny. And then she'll point at mom and say, mommy. And then like grandma, like grandma and grandpa will be on the phone. Papa, Nana. Or like she knows Corey and Corey's song will come on or something. He'll go, she'll go, oh, Corey. And I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> and That's it's so just great. so fun. Um, oh, man. Okay. Awesome. Um, so I, with this, I don't want to sit too much on the moving. I want you to talk about what yeah. you like coming into this, um, there's one of two things. Where did you feel like you wanted to go? What, where did, mm. like, we could just say, hey, let's start at your, like, tell me your testimony. Um, and yeah. that's that's generally what this podcast looks like. I also want you to say, hey, and th- maybe it didn't happen, but when you came on, it's like, I really, I am afraid to talk about that. Or I don't really want to talk sure. about that. And I would encourage you to um, don't if you don't feel comfortable. But I also know that the enemy piles shame on things that he doesn't want to be talked about. And so I'm going to leave where we talk about next 
to you. Um, and it could be, shoot, let's just jump right into like your story. For sure. Um, yeah, I've had a really, um, I think we all have ongoing struggles in our lives that just are the thorn in our sides. Right. And, um, they stay there. (laughs) And for me, that's been sexual struggles. And I think that's the same for a lot of guys, but, um, I've had a pretty rough battle with that for most of my life. And, um, managing, not managing, but seeing through a healthy marriage and relationship with that has been a whole nother layer to it. (laughs) And it's another person to, um, care for and love beyond just myself. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's heavy on my heart. I'd love to talk through what that looked like for me. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think that's something that is so prevalent in the world. Um, and it's something that is, here's the thing. I bet you I could talk to 95% of people. Um, not men exclusive men and women and, um, pornography and, sexual sin is something that is not exclusive to anybody. Um, it may look different to everybody. Um, because for me, my, my, I mean, here, this show, I'm, I'm just going to say from the beginning is like, we talked about it earlier. It's unapologetically authentic. And there's going to be some conversation that here, um, don't let your kids listen to it, but like maybe do, <laughs> because it's something that they're going to experience for the rest of their lives in the world that we live in. Porn is the enemy's biggest, one of his biggest uh, tools. It destroys you. It can destroy your marriage. It can destroy families. Um, it is it is not good in itself, mm. period. But mine wasn't, mine didn't look like porn. Mine looked like, and it was, it's like, I mean, I've watched porn. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I was introduced to it in a locker room. Um at way too young of an age. Um, my thing, because I think people get, they get, they think they get married and it goes away and just, (laughs) it it just doesn't. And like, my thing was like, I, when I started dating Jess, I was not good on like the dating apps. I, I would, I never like physically hooked up with people, but I would, I would message them. I'd get their Snapchat. We'd talk inappropriately and then I'd block them and that'd be the end of it. And then I would do it again. Um, and so that going into my marriage was not necessarily, I mean, you delete the Tinder, you delete the, the you, but the, like the still like, I, like social media in itself for me was hard because it was like, that was for the longest time how I like, decided who I was going to reach out to and talk to and get attention from. And I sought attention. And so I would love to hear about how going into your marriage, like were you open with your wife about that stuff? Yeah, I was kind of forced to be. Um, so uh, I'll kind of like start from a little yeah, bit from the yeah, beginning. Yeah, go, go. Give a little perspective to the whole thing. But um, I was introduced to porn when – I was about seven or eight um, at a friend's house and a friend that was much older, not much older, but older than me. And yeah, yeah, introduced to porn. I was like, what the heck is that? (laughs) First of all, I don't even know what that is. Um, 
and but I knew somewhere that it was bad and wrong. Yeah. Um, and I've always been pretty technically whizzy. Yeah. Not whizzy, but more of a wizard. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, I, from pretty quickly after that, I was using parents' computers to look at stuff and always yeah. deleting search history and whatnot. Um, that went on until I was about 12 or so. And so there was several years of that that were unknown to my parents and family um, until my parents found. <laughs> yeah. And we sat down at that point, and it was kind of like they're behind the ball at that point of having the talk of like, what does this look like properly? And what does a good biblical marriage look like, which is where this should live, right? Um, but they were great. They sat through me with it, or sat through it with me, and um, talked talked with me through it. And um, <clears throat> yeah, from then on, I just couldn't kick it, and uh, kept watching and or using, however you want to yeah. say it. It's um, a drug. It it is. It's pretty wild. It fit if you are in deep enough, it'll physically like rewire your brain to receive that joy, that dopamine kick from that as opposed to other things in life. Um, so this was, it was a heavy struggle for me all through high school. Um, and through high school as well, I struggled like trading pictures and doing not great stuff on social media. Um, that lived with me up all the way through college and I just never got a grip on it. And, um, I never saw it as something real enough to make any big impact in my life. I saw it as something that was normalized and that like, if there's so much happening on the TV, why can I not look at this in my own private space? You know, like it was just a game of justification for me for so long. Um, through college, uh, I had a couple shorter relationships but um, I met my wife through a church plant that we were both a part of in, in Phoenix. And, um, dude, we kicked it off. She's so funny. She's so fun. Dude, she's like the most bubbly person I know. Um, <laughs> she's the best. But we kicked it off and started hanging out a ton. And I was still struggling with this stuff. Um, and uh, we hung out for basically a summer and decided to start officially dating. And I started pursuing her all while still juggling this issue behind the scenes and I was not transparent with her at that point. Um, that went on for quite a while and we were a couple years into our relationship and we were talking about engagement and I was still, um, daily multiple times using that. I was still talking to other people. I was still trading pictures. I was still all over the place. And, um, she had, she just had no idea. She, and so, um, yeah, I, at some point it came to a point where another gal reached out to my wife and told her like, Hey, you know, your dude is doing some not good dude stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember that night I was working and she texted me like a screenshot of that. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Like, I understand now it's all coming to a head and uh, there's actual like implications to what, what can be done through this. So, um, yeah, I went straight to her place and I was not transparent with her about it. And I covered 
it up like I thought I was a dog covering a bone, man. I was, I thought I was so slick and so good at lying that I could cover it up and we'd just be good. Um, and slowly we were, we were talking through that and then we decided to call it a night then and start trying to move forward and some other stuff got uncovered and it was like the most painful, if you ask her, probably the most painful like month or so of just layers of an onion being peeled back of like how deeply rooted and gross this issue was in my life. Hmm. Um, and that sucked because it's like the person you love most finding out the dirtiest thing about you. But like they still don't know everything, so we're good. We can hide a little bit more, and then like yeah. oh, they found out more, you know. And um, man, the Lord used that time to really reveal. I mean, obviously what I was doing, but a lot about where all of that had actually put my heart, and it just so closed off to anyone around me, mm-hmm. not willing to be real or genuine with anyone, not willing to have a relationship that's real with the Lord, as opposed to just kind of skating through and using what I could to fill in the rest. Hmm. And, um, yeah, after all of that, we were trying to figure it out. Uh, we were trying to move forward. And I, <laughs> I think I initiated the conversation of like, Hey, this isn't working and this isn't good. And I, I do have some issues <laughs> to yeah. figure out, believe it or not, you know, I've got issues. Um, <laughs> You're not perfect. What? Yeah. What? I never thought. <laughs> so um, I said, Hey, me, you know, maybe we should take a break and I should figure this out. And so we did, that was not easy for her. I think it wasn't easy for me. Um, but in that time I ended up going to a, um, in uh, like kind of inpatient sexual addiction rehab wow. and working through a program with a group of guys um, to figure out a little more of like how deeply rooted this was. Um, Cause it's like, you can look at all the articles online. You can like talk to every pastor and you'll get an answer of like, yeah, this is kind of like the one thing that I would suggest you do. Um, but I remember talking to my parents actually about everything and like mm. coming clean about like why we broke up, you know, and being like, yeah, it's still the porn, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And they were like, you need to like get the tools to figure it out. Like you don't have the proper support. Um, and they were like, I don't think we can give that to you. <laughs> yeah. So um, they helped me figure out this awesome um, program in Arizona it's through if anyone is struggling, um, it's through this great company called family strategies counseling and they do a program for, uh, young men. They also do one for married couples struggling with the same thing, even older single men. Um, the young men's one was called tribe and it's really like a step-by-step process looking through like, how does this infiltrate our life and how does it physically change us and really suck us in and get us stuck in a shame cycle. Um, and then providing tools on how we can break that and move forward from that. So could you, while we're here really quick, could you yeah. share some of those tools that you've learned? For Are you sure. able to, um, to do yeah, that? I mean, yeah. I don't think it's patented. So uh, <laughs> I think we're good there. All right, uh, all right. Basically the basis of the whole thing was having a proper support structure. And 
I think if you ask anyone, they'll tell you, you need a proper support structure, but no one can really tell you what a proper support structure is beside someone just kind of asking you every once in a while. Um, and there's kind of like, there's multiple layers of it, but, um, your support structure needs to include important people in your life. And so for me, like that support structure needs to be my wife. Uh, she needs to be at least a chunk of that. There also needs to be people outside that relationship that are my support structure. Um, so I've got a bunch of guys that I've asked to be that for me. Um, and I have someone texting me almost every other day right now to ask me how things are going even now. And like, that's acknowledging that it's a, I'm always in recovery. Like I'm never going to just kick this, you know? So, um, this was quite a while ago and they're still texting. So finding you people that that, praise God for those people, dude, they're the best. They're so great. Um, but because those those are the, yeah. Finding those prayer warriors that are in your corner. There's, I, I would be hard pressed to find, say that there's, there are a few things that are more valuable than that. Um, because they're not just, man, they're, they are fighting for you and for your marriage Mm -hmm. every day, every other day. Like they're not just texting you out of the blue. They're texting you because they're praying for you. Like that's so cool. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. No, you're good. So finding those regular people that will reach out to you is a really big portion of this basically um the biggest kind of tool i think that they gave us or understanding that they gave us was understanding the shame cycle and how that really affects you um and it's what the enemy uses to shame us or kick us back into whatever we're screwing up in and so um for me that looked like i would make a mistake i'd use i'd talk to someone um i'd feel like you know, I can't go talking to my girlfriend at the time about this. That's going to only bring up a bunch of uncomfortability for her. It's going to put hurt on us. Um, I don't have the proper support system in place, so I'll, I'll figure it out. It'll be good. We're all right. But what you're allowing that to do is you're allowing that, that pain, that poison that's entered to, to fester. Mm -hmm. And, um, basically the enemy just uses that to build shame and guilt and, the only thing you know for me and that at that point in my life, the only thing I knew that would be real quick, easy release from that would be to go use that again, right? To like yeah. watch some porn, masturbate. Um, and that's just like, there's your head of dopamine, you're set. And then it kicks you into this freaking cycle that is just never ending, right? It can look slightly different for everyone. But um, I think the biggest thing in all of the having support and whatnot is realizing that like um if you bring the right people into this these are people fighting for you and you don't have to be ashamed of what you're facing and i remember the day i actually sat down with jocelyn and i came clean about everything and i just laid it all out there it was it was brutal man like just everything just laying it out um for and you know, we finished and at the end of it, she was like, I I love you and I care about you. And realizing that these Mm. people aren't there to hold us in our shame. They're there to help us break out of it. And they're there to help us like see us through it. Right. And same for any guy I've ever texted that I've been like, dude, I'm struggling. They're like, me too. Let's talk. Like, let's figure this out. Um, I, we just get so stuck in this thought that like, I'm a gross person because I'm struggling and we just 
forget to realize that everyone else around us is struggling too. It's a, wow. a human thing. It's a human condition. So, um, yeah, I mean, those, those, that's like the biggest stuff I took from it. It's really like they just condensed everything that you would get in a small answer from everyone into one course. Um, and it wasn't biblically rooted or anything like that. It was just a really like, this is how your brain works. This is how your body works. Like this is, <laughs> this is what's happening yeah. when you're doing this, you know? Um, yeah. so it was super interesting to, to work through that. But. And, it, and it sounds like it was applicable and like beneficial, obviously. And I, I, I'd be curious. I want to, I have an idea, but like, yeah. Walk me through your brain when you were getting ready to talk to your parents or getting ready to talk to Jocelyn as far as what you, and you kind of touched on it as far as like what your expected response was from them. And then also like how you felt afterwards. Cause I, 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 the enemy does a really good job of creating fear around that conversation. Confession, mm-hmm. like, like, con- like healing follows confession and he knows that. And Absolutely. so yeah. he, he will do all he can to deter you from confession. And, mm-hmm. and so I'd, I'd love to hear, the what was happening between your ears in in those before during after moments yeah for sure um going into those conversations is this like one of the scariest things that i think i've faced it it felt like you know talking with jocelyn like i was ready to propose like (laughs) we're we're ready to start our life together and i screwed it up and i had been screwing it up and so it felt like I was holding the weight of the world, um, going into that conversation. Um, as we sat and she was, she was wrecked by everything very clearly. Yeah. It was so painful to describe in the moment, um, because I could see the pain it caused her. And it was just a realization for me that this isn't compartmentalized for everyone. Like it is for me, like this sexual stuff I'm doing, as a man, we compartmentalize things. And even though for me, I can just say that's over here and this is over here. It's not that way for everyone. Um, it had real impact and real meaning in her heart and (laughs) it really hurt her, you know, (laughs) that was, I think that was the first time I ever like considered that fact. I just was so stuck in it that I did not even consider what it would do to her. And so going into that, man, the enemy was working. He was trying to get me to not tell the truth. Even through it, he was working against me. He was sitting against me and saying like, you're hurting her, stop hurting her. Um, but hmm. immediately after that, she hadn't responded or anything. And I just remember a weight being lifted and feeling like, oh man, like it's out there. Like this woman could say she does not love me. that's okay. We can work through that. We'll figure that out. Josh, we're young. It's okay. You know, um, we've got the Lord. We'll figure this out. But the biggest thing is that it's out there Hmm. and I don't have to hide from that. I don't have to be ashamed from it anymore. Um, and then she hit me with a phenomenal, really timely response of, I love you. And man, I, we were sitting there and I just tried to describe to her. I remember I, I couldn't describe to her the feeling that I felt. I was like, I'm so filled with joy and I'm so light. Like I just feel like a new person. 
And she was like, that's really like, that's kind of odd, but that's <laughs> awesome. Like, I guess that's the way the Lord works. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, same thing with the parents, right? That's such a weird conversation to go into, but if there's someone that's going to hold me accountable and someone that's going to love me through it, it's got to be my parents yeah. uh, for me and in my relationship I have with them. And so going to that conversation is just so awkward, man. Like just laying out everything that happened and like the stages and how we got there. And, um, at the end them being like, we love you. We want to support you. We'll help you figure it out. You know, uh, it's the same thing of just feeling this, weight lifted off my my chest like a, a literal yeah. weight i did not understand it i don't think i felt the lord move physically in that way mm. before like just feeling so much better you know well wow. so. the chains of shame are like are heavy like you don't realize what's on your shoulders and i think that that's so crazy because i'm sitting here thinking it's so funny like i i i say I asked you that mostly because anybody who's listening to this has faced that situation before and whether they have had the courage to walk through it or not yet, the, I knew the other side, the other side is they still loved you. And so like, if you're sitting here listening to this, like have the conversation because it's funny that you, the words you were talking about, I have a friend who, he recently had to confess some big stuff to his wife and he's like, dude, I felt so weird because he goes, the pain was different. It, the pain shifted from like hating myself, hating what I was doing to my family secretly, hating this, this, and this to like, I hurt my wife and that, that hurt. He goes, but I felt yeah. this tension of like, I was so happy. I felt so free. He's like, it was like the weirdest thing in the world because, and you spoke to that, like, like there is freedom on the other side of confession. There is, there is not condemnation. The Lord does not condemn. Like the mm. Lord, the Lord will like, will not sit and shame you. And, yeah. and there's freedom and dude. So I, I just, I really want to like, man, affirm you, encourage you tell you how like proud and like how thankful I am that you're here because you're do you did something again, man. Uh, I like this idea of um, social disruptors. The idea is that you go against the grain and you go in the opposite direction of what society is saying. And you've done it twice now in the two stories that you've talked about. You, you moved across the country for the sake of your family and you laid down your I mean, you were like humiliated. You laid, like you laid down your pride for the sake of the woman that you love. Like it takes, it takes a man to, to say, Hey, this is going to cost me and this is going to hurt me. But for the sake of you, I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, because I think, I mean, I, as sad as it sounds like, if, if you don't have it, like it, I'm sure you could do it without a reason to, but a lot, like when you're addicted to something, you like it. <laughs> it's addicting sure. for a reason. Like for me, it took, it took me, I remember I had these two faces. I had Mitch in my parents' basement. Um, cause I was living with my parents, working a job, just free rent. But the things that I 
did in that basement were not biblical or honoring to women or to myself or to the Lord. <laughs> but like, I remember walking down this church, it was on a young adult service and I had my Mitch church face on, um, that persona, not the Mitch in the basement persona. And I locked eyes with this girl who literally the night before I was on Snapchat doing things that I should not have been and saying things that I should not have been. And I was like, my two worlds have now collided. And the girl that I'm pursuing is standing on stage right there looking at me and waving at me. Um, we weren't dating at the time, but like I had made it clear I wanted to date her, but I wasn't acting yeah. like it. <laughs> um, so that was my shifting point where it was like, you got to choose, dude. Um, and you chose. And so I'm thankful um, that you shared that story. Thank you. Um, how how has your, I wish I want, maybe we do this sometime. I, I wish I could have, because I want to ask Jocelyn, like from the, from the wife's perspective, like, because I said something to a buddy the other day who was wrestling with the same thing. And I was like, like flip it. Like, what if your, your wife was watching videos of other men and like, how would that make you feel? Mm. And he looked at me, he's like, Oh, I haven't thought about that. And I was like, cause I'm a very jealous human. And if my yeah. wife was looking at other men touching places that I, I'm not happy. And it, it makes me nauseous. I can't even say it. I'm like, I don't want to think cool. about it. Not, not cool. cool. <laughs> zero cool. Zero chill. Shut no, it down. shut it down. I'm gonna punch a hole in my wall. I'm going to go find this dude and kill him. Like, but why is it okay on my end? Right. Like, um, so dude, thank you. Um, for sure. And I kind of stole your thing just now. And as far as like you knocked you completely off track and, um, how, how has, how has that been post marriage? You still yeah. have accountability. Well, you still have accountability. Oh, yeah. Oh, they're everywhere. There's no escaping those. It's great. Um, I do want to like speaking to that confession. Um, I have a group of guys that we just recently read through the celebration of discipline by Richard Foster. Phenomenal read for any man that's out there that wants to, or woman that's out there just wants to develop further as a disciple of the Lord. Um, I'll throw it in the show notes. He has a, a chapter about the corporate discipline of confession and how confession can be so good, even in uh, n- not a full corporate setting, but just like the public confession of your sins to your fellow believers um, can be so good. And I recommend if you, if you have any questions about confession, that's a phenomenal read, but it'll be, um, it'll be in the show notes. And I, um, I'm going to do this. Um, and if we don't like it, I can edit it out, but mm-hmm. I'm going to throw Josh's Instagram in the show notes as well. Um, I'm not promising anything from him, but maybe even just a word of encouragement. Like he, um, he's gone through it and he goes through it. You're not alone in it. Andy Garcia. Um, he talked about it on his episode as well. Um, mm. These are two men that are God-fearing, great men. Um, and I'm sure that they would give you a moment. <laughs> um, in, in the, um, 
And so, and that's what this thing is. This is what this podcast is, is we are creating a community of men who are not afraid to talk about things that people don't talk about. And that, that looks like this. That's what this is. Mm -hmm. That is, um, camaraderie. That is common denominator. You're not alone. Um, I'd be willing to bet. I mean, I've watched porn. Josh has watched porn. I have an addictive personality. Josh has an addictive personality. Porn is addictive. You're not alone. Whatever the enemy's telling you, there's no shame. Or there shouldn't be shame because we live in a world. Oh, dude, I think I've told this story. I told it on Andy's, but I'm just going to do it real quick and short. I'm going to Arizona in a week. I'm bring I'm bringing my wife. Actually, I'm going to Arizona when you guys are when this is airing. I'm in Arizona, um, but I'm recording it right now. Um, I the, the the sexual like you. There's billboards everywhere, and there's like it is just a place where I'm like we live in a world where you are bombarded with pornography, soft or hard. When you walk out of it at all times, not even in your house, you're not safe. Like my, my pastor, um, um, Josh Kingery at the Lakewood campus, he said something where he was like, I got tired of the algorithm on Instagram because I, I don't even want, I'm, I'm like, my wife and I've noticed this. She'll get a, an advertisement for a necklace and it's just a necklace. I'll get an advertisement for the same brand necklace and it's cleavage like this. And I'm like, mm. and he's like, I, he goes, I'm pissed off at Instagram because I can't enjoy it because if like, if my right hand causes me to sin, I'm supposed to cut it off, but I have soft porn on my Instagram and I still use it. So like I have to get off Instagram because I can't like, that's just not. And yet that's normalized in our society. Like our kids are going to grow up with Instagram being, there are literally how to be an influencer classes being taught in high schools. That's so crazy. But yeah, Josh, um, the confession book will be in the, um, in the, in the show notes. I, um, want to, we're at 50 minutes and I want to give you one more question. Um, two more a word that you would say to Josh, you picked the time ago. Mm. Um, we'll start there. Mm. Um, <clears throat> I'm a little happy with where I've ended up. I think the Lord has used everything so well yeah. to teach and instruct, but if I could have ended up here a little earlier, I think I would have looked at myself um, just a few years ago and um, man, just told him to invest in his wife a little bit more and mm-hmm. um, just tried my best to explain to him the value that having a strong woman in your life can be, but also like, pastoring and loving and watching that woman flourish like there's there's really not much that can match up to that and mm. uh if you delay that for a couple of years you'll get there but uh, you could be living in blessing a little bit earlier <laughs> <laughs> so yeah amen amen ah, i love i love when men talk about their wives i because you just see them gush like you see the joy in their eyes like mm. it's like their most proud part of I could start crying right now oh don't I love my wife so much oh my goodness but like dude 
Um, I you read in Proverbs about how important you read both. You read how important a strong wife is, and how like how much of a gift it is. Then you also read about like how hard it is to have one who's not great. Um, and to choose wisely. And so you've chosen wisely in Jocelyn, and that's so awesome. I have a question here, and I want you to potentially brag on yourself. Um, don't be a humble pie eater. Um, you talk about being able to love your wife. What For, for a man out there who's like, I want to love my wife better. Um, mm-hmm. I just don't know how. Um, what's one thing that you – one or two things that you do, and again – I know it could be like, I don't want to pat myself on the back, but what, like, what's an actionable thing that somebody out there, you're like, I want to love my wife better. How do I do it? Hmm. Um, for us in this season, it's looks super different because we are up here where we have no one that we know and just rebuilding community. It takes a while. Um, and so I would say, man, if you aren't encouraging your wife to be involved in a church and you aren't encouraging your wife to serve the Lord, um, do it. And that's one of the most loving things that you can do for her. Mm. If you aren't encouraging her to build community as hard as it is, do it. And you'll see the benefits of that. Um, and sometimes the most loving thing you can do is to take care of the poopy diaper, to take care of putting the kid to bed and let her go out and meet up with some gals and have some gal time um, with the, the right group. So hmm. for us right now, that's what that looks like. That's awesome. Good for you. Good for you. I you've t- You talked on it earlier about how important it has been for you to be able to lead your family in this time. Um, that's something that's hard to do in a world where people are saying – because here's the thing. Feminism is a word that in our world is has been I don't I, I'm not going to tread lightly. I'm just going to say it, but like <laughs> feminism is basically saying like women are better than men is kind of what it has become, right? On mm. on Twitter or on Instagram or like men are not needed. I believe that feminism is something that women are equal to men. Like that is, <laughs> that is biblical, but also there are biblical roles. And as my wife and I had to have this, well, actually my wife had a conversation with a, one of her mentors and my wife is a very strong woman. If you know my wife, my wife, she is wise and discerning and she is more or I should say less afraid of confrontation than I am in terms of like, if something goes wrong, she's going to step up and she's going to fix it. And so as a, somebody who like, I admire her in such a way, I'm like, I don't, I don't, you don't really need to be like led in that way. Like you've got it kind of handled. Like I, I, I see you, you are, you're a leader and her mentor and, kind of corrected her in a little bit where she was like, Hey, you need to let Mitch lead you. And like, that looks like might look different, but like you need to be able to be led and he needs to lead you. And like, I think we live in a world where 
that's taken in a negative way where it's like, you don't need, like, how dare you say she needs to be led? Biblically, it says that I am to lead as the man of the house. I am to lead my family and you are. And like, and that, that is something that you're an example for men um, who are married and they need the kind of kick in the butt to be like, Hey dude, you have a role here. And, um, so thank you for that. Um, man, I don't know. I I don't want to, I don't want to, you ended it on such a good point of, people like you are the ones that I want on this show. (laughs) Like people who, who prioritize their marriage and they prioritize their family and they take the Mm. steps to do so. And Mm. I, I say things on here where like it's on unapologetically um, and I'm going to step on toes. If you're a man and you are, and I'm going to piss people off. I don't care if you're a man and you're not taking care of your family and you're not taking care of your, your home first and you have things that are prioritized above that, fix it. Just fix it. I don't know. Other than like tough love, do it. Like you will see a, it is your job and your duty to do it. But B, like if you need a reason, you will see the fruit of that in your home. So, so tangibly that, that it wouldn't be, you'll wonder why you didn't do it earlier. I can, I can promise you and Josh will speak to the, will agree the porn it's worth compromising your, your pride to fix your marriage, like your, your finances, it's, it's worth talking to somebody because you're embarrassed that you messed them up. And there are people who are smarter than you go fix them. Like do the steps that like, don't buy the new car because the guy next to you did did. like your family, like don't go work the, the, like, man, I know that we live in a world where this sounds crazy. Quit the job that makes a whole bunch of money because it takes you away from your family and go spend time with your family and work a job that lets you work because the, I promise that that company will fire you in a heart street to meet their bottom line. And then all of a sudden you have no job and no family. Cause you said, screw you to what you said, screw you to your family. And the job said, screw you to you. And so, man, I just got really heated about that. And I am so sorry. <laughs> I got on a, Wow. I, I'm on, dude, I'm on LinkedIn and I see these people that I'm just like, oh, it makes me so angry. I'm like, you are not, why are you being celebrated? Because you haven't seen your family in three weeks. Yeah. And you choose it's that. It's wild. Yeah. It's wild. If you, I feel like if you're in that situation that Mitch is talking about and, uh, you just don't know what to do. Um, draw the word into that and maybe like let's look through Titus and redefine what does being a good husband and elder of the church look like and uh, reprioritize your life to match that. Hmm. And um, that'll put you on a good track. Hmm. Ooh, look through Titus. See, look at you. God, you recentered me. I got so angry and you're like, let's bring the word (laughs) into it. Um, Man, it's a righteous anger. It's, it's a righteous. Well, it's yeah. I'm gonna burn down LinkedIn. Don't sue me, LinkedIn. It wasn't a real threat. I promise. I can't do it. <laughs> um, Josh, one last thing. Um, yeah, you can't get off this podcast without saying this last little bit. It's sitting on your tip of your tongue. 
It doesn't have to be related to anything. It could be like, hey, mm. make sure you lock the back door tonight. I don't know what that means, but I have to lock my I, I have to lock my back door. I forgot to. Um, but what's what is your uh what is the one thing on the tip of your tongue? Um, man. Two things. I think if you need someone to confess to, you need help and you just don't know where to go. Um, I encourage you to open up to any passwords in your life. Um, I, my info will be below. Feel free to reach out. Um, I'd be happy to be a resource for you to figure out what the next steps could be for you. Um, yeah. And if you're a man and you're young, um, read more. (laughs) It's better for you than you could ever know. And, um, there's some great stuff out there about being a good disciple of the Lord. Um, hmm. Prioritize the word, but read some more. So, hmm. Read more. Dude, I knew that y'all, I liked you. Books are the best. And it's so good. This is so good. You can't, you, you need to be on YouTube so that everyone can see the hand motions we are making. Um, Josh, thank you for your time. Thank you sure. that you are so open to share about things that, the world says not to. Um, and you, man, the enemy is the god of this world. He he does a real good job of creating um, structures and systems that discourage healing. And you are opposing that with your words. And so thank you. If you're listening to this, um, you can support this podcast in a couple of ways. You can share this with somebody. You can like it and subscribe to it you can leave a rating um i like the five stars better than the one stars but if that's how you feel my feelings will only be a little bit hurt um go on youtube leave a comment go on instagram leave a comment reach out to either of us reach out um man i i know that anybody who's been on here i can truly say um go look on my instagram at the reels and they're all tagged Every man on here will give you the time. Um, If you're listening to this, because here's the thing is we've been through it. Um, We've walked what you're walking through right now. And that's what this is for is to connect men who have walked through it with the the men who are walking through it. Um, And maybe to connect with the men before they have to walk through it. So that's what this is. This is over a drink. Um, We didn't even talk about drinking water because I got to be hydrated. I got to wake up early, go Mm. to the gym. And this is going to make me pee all night, and it sucks. But, (laughs) um, Josh, I appreciate you. Um, And everybody else, until next time, peace. Peace.